art is connected to what we experience every day, but it represents some kind of transformation of the everyday, uh, something that is not actually entirely real. It can't be found by locating it. It requires human intervention. It is the fingerprint, if you will, of our existence in the world. Welcome to D-Next, the Innovation in Entrepreneur podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Coides. On this episode, we take a deep dive inside and explore a new project that will be premiering at Art Basel very soon called Life in Our Minds. And we talk to the co-creator about the digital revolution and what art means today. Thank you for joining us for D-Next. And if you wouldn't mind, maybe tell us where you are exactly in the world right now. Uh, hello. Thank you. Um, I am, I live in Stockholm, just outside Stockholm in the wilderness, and I'm completely snowed in. Um, it's dark here and um, about half a meter of snow have fallen in the last couple of days. So it's, uh, it's winter wonderland over here. Well, uh, some of my favorite uh, filmmakers are from Sweden, so and uh, most of their films tend to be dark. So I wonder if there's uh, something to be said in the in the Stockholm wisdom or philosophy that has a lot to do with the uh, the amount of darkness that you may experience. It may make you more introspective than most people. It it, it might. I'm I'm not from here, so I just moved here three four years ago, and. Um... I, I'm fascinated by the light up here, actually, more than by the darkness. I, I, I fear the darkness more than than I actually um, suffer from it, because with snow, it's actually not so bad. It reflects a lot of light in, 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 the, in those dark days. But the light during the longer summer nights is just spectacular. It's amazing. Well, speaking of darkness and light, what a brilliant segue uh, into our line of questioning about this fascinating world of you know digital light uh, and digital art i i want to i want to ask you because i know this is something that you are bringing you're manifesting this into the world but uh, a very direct question do you think that digital art has finally arrived that is a good question uh, no i i think it's it's been i, I I, I think digital is just another bit that's added to a larger artistic canon, uh, and it's been going on for sixty plus years. You know, if you uh, um, so no, I, I don't think so. I, I I think it's been with us for a long time, longer than most people consciously would agree to, probably myself included, um, and certainly longer than. Uh, than just now, you know, in the last couple of years, I think. I mean, so I think it's 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 thoroughly been been with us for for a while now. So, if that's the case, do, do you think that it's do you think that digital art then is is taken as seriously as you know Da Vinci or Picasso? I think ask folks in 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 a couple hundred years, right? Or, or you know, I I don't know about um, I. 
I I think in, in some ways we already do. Um, it'll, I think the perception, you know, that what, what we, I guess what we perceive as, as being artistically, creatively relevant is a very narrow bracket in the last sort of 50, 60 years. Um, it, it will probably expand and contract again and so on and, and we'll see what sticks. I don't expect everything that anybody does today to be relevant in um, you know in, in 10 years from now I think that there is a you know we'll, we'll see what sticks I think what, what, what counts is that we give it our best um, to, as artists I think to, to, to make real work and then if it's and you know I don't I don't think it's the most like this doing things for the for the ages for, for eternity is not not really something once I like we worry about too much I think we're we're, make, we're making sure that if people want to exhibit the work we do that it can be exhibited should it be of anybody's desire in 50 years time I think that's a super exciting uh, super exciting train of thought in terms of you know obsolescence um, how we work with the materials and technologies that are available to us today as artists how we and, and, and it, for us in random in our practice anyway um, it, it helps us to make things to focus on the ideation more than on the tech which is always more and much more important and much more interesting and much more lasting I guess you know I think thought and ideas out become less they get less obsolescent over time and I think that's it, it helps us almost to to focus and I see the same in, in Daniel's work in, in over in, um, uh, 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 and and snark and in, in what they what they build that that's an idea space building and that seems to stick around longer it's less it's more resilient do you, do you think the the transitory kind of effervescent nature uh, the mutable nature of the work that you're doing now in the, I guess, afforded to us by technology is kind of one of the defining characteristics of this, I don't know, postmodern or ultra postmodern art form. Is it because it's always changing? Is that, uh, uh, which is maybe very similar to, you know, how how our lives are now, you know, technology is is uh, creating, uh, you know, not long status quo for anything. Um, do, you, do you think that, uh, is that one of the defining characteristics of sort of the digital art space? And, and I should ask, is, am I using the right language? How do you refer to the work that you do? Mm, I, I think the the art we make that that's how I would refer to it in, in, in for whatever express, form of expression we find ha, has definitely and has always for for us I, I can only speak for, for our studio has has always had a, a, a sort of focus on the ephemeral on this sort of on the threshold between digital disembodied and the the physical the analog and i think that's a direct consequence of an increasingly disembodied world around us it's it's um it it's in 
in the way we structure and build our thoughts and instincts and ultimately that goes that go into the work there a reflection of a, of a of a world that that's disappearing in one way in terms of what we can tangibly experience and it's it's replaced by a much more intangible experience that is triggering only a very um ephemeral i think you know virtual part of our way of life here and i i think so so i th- i see that going hand in hand you know it's a the, the way we we work we we respond to the world around us and the world around us is becoming increasingly algorithmic driven and and therefore the so does the work you know in in some way to be able to comment on it to be able to to dissect it to respond to it um in in one way i think the the in in another way i think for us it's there, there is uh, uh, always a, a return to to the physical to the body to the human experience and all of this um that that which is what we center our our i think our activity around as as artists and in terms of you know we we love bringing in music choreography um the the and and above all audiences to experience the work with their bodies not on a screen necessarily and i think um that's that's something we 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 keep keep focusing on which in itself is some somewhat of a ephemeral experience in terms of performance you know it's nothing you can necessarily own or you know consume at your discretion in your home it's something you need to go out to and and experience in a, in a, in in a certain context so if i understand correctly uh you're making your way to uh to art basel soon is that true that's that's true yes yeah we're we're like half of our studios already out there um, and uh, is this uh, i mean is this a uh, well what does your your appearance and your inclusion in art basel uh me like does this make a statement about um about uh, again the arrival or the acceptance of this kind of work but just tell me a bit more about that about going to art basel um i so yeah we're working with with different partners in uh, um for 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 the the for the collection that we've recently launched together with snag and um and Daniel um the the life in our minds collection this nft work f- from right from the get go uh it was important to us as artists of a still fairly physical gallery of face even also with their in 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 tandem with their um with their web3 um face verso that there is a physical or physically experienced chill component to this to this and that's what we what we um what we what we set out for so um i i think there is and there there is a i think there is a difference in showing this to audiences from say going to a tech conference or a, or or something if you if you show work like this 
in a in an art fair or in a museum or in a um i think that that there is a sort of implicit acceptance of your audience that the um the ideation is fairly message free there is no sort of prescribed this is what we want you to think feel or experience but there is a sort of an offer uh from 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 an artist to to their audiences to make up their own mind and their own feelings about the work and i think that that differentiates whether it's an art fair i think in in our case that's a sort of focal point to reach distributors if you like you know we will we want to to speak to museums to we want to to speak to collectors and to 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 professional audiences to sort of proliferate our work and for that it's it's for us um definitely more meaningful to go to to something like art basel than to a tech conference say i don't know what the comparable would be but for us i think that the 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 rule of creativity and artistic intention is is uh, accepted and that's what makes it very valuable for us so perhaps this is a good time for you to explain uh if you can in simple terms just what your project is uh, uh starting with the name uh, and sort of why that name life in our minds is is it, it describes it start it starts and ends pretty much with the, with the experience of the of the viewer uh of us as viewers and we we've we've been fascinated for a long time um with random with our studio by by the impact that looking at natural collective movement has on us in, emotionally and instinctively uh it's in 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 especially um when you look at flocking or swarming behavior and we've studied that in all sorts of different forms of of sculpture and um, mostly kinetic or light based but in, at some point like so about a year ago um we've started to think about ways of distributing that kind of thought and those experiences differently and we approached um Pace Vaso the the team there and said we we have this idea of um developing a a, a a form of public artwork in form of a large scale flock which is a sculpture which is a sort of you know generative interactive large scale digital sculpture and the individual constituting bits the stuff that moves can be individually owned and distributed and then um Pace Vaso liked the idea we did some visual development for that some sketches and they approached and hooked us up with snark art um who in turn um were uh, bringing a huge amount of knowledge for generative nfts to facilitate that sort of distribution channel that we had in mind and to actually make that practically and technically feasible so that many people can own a small piece of a large public sculpture that's the sort of end game um and they brought on board this amazing um visual artist Daniel Krichorivko I need to learn how to pronounce uh, pronounce his, his um his name properly um uh Krivoruchko Daniel Krivoruchko who is a um uh, very experienced um digital artist who took this idea of these individual 
bits that are flocking or swarming in our digital sculpture and he developed them into a fully fledged and beautiful and evolving uh, nft collection so um that lives on on uh, snark arts backend basically so snark art has the distribution platform for that people can buy and trade and swap these individual um uh, these individual components and we are as random we are bringing it together again in a sculpture that can be publicly exhibited in real life in the real world can be um experienced by audiences um that uh, which for us is a is a really interesting um exploration of of these questions of ownership like who owns a public artwork what is public art who dictates how it looks how it feels there's a, a large element of sort of experimental co-creation which where we as artists have no uh, or little control over the actual visual detailing of some aspects of the sculpture um some of it is left to chance but a large part is left to the to the um individual um quality and um uh, uh structure of the individual owner so that there are parts where we where we i think give up the authorship um in favor i have to say and that's a conscious step and an interesting step for us in favor of uh building community around the work so rather than being this one way street where we make a proposal as artists and say this is how we see the world and we want you to share this um i think we're we're becoming in in this sense more of providers of a sort of platform of a two way street like this is how it could be what do you think can, and and it's our job to make that engaging and um and instinctively accessible i think for audiences which it, it, you know the aim is this is the same as it's sort of what's called traditional art you know you want to share your um your thought and your your experience of the world with other people with other with your audiences but i think to do that effectively for us we've chosen to to open this process up um, and I, i think that's we're only at beginning that and i think that's super interesting um oh, so, as a and yeah so i should mention that uh, before i knew that we were doing this interview and i had a opportunity to, to research your work speaking of flocking for some unexplained or perhaps there is an explanation reason uh i've been noticing uh bird flocking formations for the last few days for some i mean i've been seeing them my whole life but for some reason they've stopped me in my tracks the last uh few days i kid you not and i i i've been staring i i've been mesmerized um by watching this uh fascinating way that birds flock uh and sometimes what can be a chaotic pattern and then a very organized pattern like a split second later and uh you know just thinking about whatever uh, uh system of radar or communication that they use to do that and then right. here we are having this conversation so that's very interesting uh, i i, I think, still, uh, you I still can't i i still can't i still can't get i'm i'm still like i i could you not i've i've looked at this for like now what 15 years and in all sorts of forms of visual representation and algorithmic representation i still can't get enough i still don't like I'm, I, like i see i understand it you know rationally um technically i i know how it works i still find it absolutely and utterly fascinating to 
to see that play out so beautifully, so efficiently, so exceptionally accident-free. I have to say, you know, not a single crash. That's what I what always gets me. As, and then and then there's immediately all these associations with um, sort of a, a, some form of emerging intelligence that all the all the added bits are forming some form of you know collective really hypnotizing movement that each individual bird couldn't it's just lame you know like one bird flying around it's okay you know they fly cool but looking at like half a million starlings in the middle middle of england landing in this graceful fashion is just it's still something i can't get enough of part of why we make this work because it it, it making it yourself it sort of gives you some the, the, the sort of um it gives you the the this illusion of control you know you can keep it in your field of vision for long enough to marvel at it for a bit um it's a sort of desperate attempt to 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 capture that somehow really hard with flocking birds to do that well there i mean there is a um an obvious beauty and and genius in that kind of scaled uh, 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 collaboration that we can begin to see uh, natural systems at work, uh, these kind of invisible neural uh, pathways, I guess, among things that maybe we've just never noticed that if we actually stop to sort of think about it, uh, really uh, is, uh, you know, fascinating, uh, yeah. uh, you know, interplay. The other big piece of your work then uh, is around, I suppose, the the injection of the whole NFT universe. I mean, how is that change things. I mean, art is at a really interesting place right now. I think um, I read something, well, a few times I read it that, uh, you know, there are more, I guess, millionaire artists uh, alive today than ever before, which probably doesn't say much because there's probably more trillionaires uh, than we've ever had as well. But I guess that, uh, you know, I wonder how how the infusion of a, uh, again, a really unusual form of currency and commerce and transaction uh, through digital means. How has that uh, changed or freed up the work that you do as an artist? That, that's a good question. I, I can probably tell you more in a couple of years time. I think we've only started to, to and this is the sort of first, um, we're doing two projects in Miami. One is the Life in Our Minds collection um, the, the the mother flock uh, and the other one is a is a um, is a generative uh, co-creation uh, uh, NFT project, um, which is called Living Room, which was um, commissioned by an um, Web three uh, a very new Web three organization called Aeris, and um, where we're experimenting with that. And and, and the more we've worked with what initially we thought would be a sort of sales platform, a platform to make available and share work in a sort of way that many, many artists around the world happen to have agreed upon over the last couple of years. I think what we found is that it's much more a kind of material to actually, you know, through the association with blockchain, um, the the distributed quality of ownership it starts becoming a, a, a material for social sculpture in some way you know there is a, a decent amount of willingness to experiment 
um, there is a decent amount of um, I think uh, respect for creativity in that space um, there is a playfulness that I think is healthy for artists sometimes um, you know we, we tend to be a bit siloed sometimes and take ourselves incredibly seriously um, and I think there is a playfulness that fosters innovation and experimentation um, and I think there is a sense of community which um, which I we found really interesting to witness I you know we're, we're fairly humbled by being allowed to work in that space it's um, it dawned on me the other day when I when we did an interview that we work we're, we're like completely the traditional artist now in that space and we always had a self-image of being at the forefront of experimentation with you know digital in in the traditional art world and now we're sort of at the with a sort of traditional artist in the nft space and that's a that's an interesting experience how i i still think there's a lot of hyperbolic um noise in that space both qualitatively and also in terms of um the results that people expect from sales and so on um and i think that will all like i've got a feeling that will all settle down and what i hope will remain is community a sort of in in as a in, as a sort of a, a new part of the art community um that has a has a real interest in driving forward innovation in terms of materials that we can use for producing art and um i think what will stay is uh um sort of a new a new branch of art you know like photography or painting there will be i think a, a, some form of algorithmic nft blockchain based art and quality you know prevailed so well, i think we're, we're, it's too early to see what will prevail but there's some definitive awesome absolutely awe-inspiring work out there in that space um, well, a so, lot, of, yeah, uh, a lot of the early breakthrough innovation uh, in uh, uh, crypto, you know, ten years ago or more, was coming out of Amsterdam. Uh, a lot of music artists were, uh, you know, creative people were were using the the new currency platforms to. Uh, you know, monetize and exchange uh, work, uh, and it you know came from sort of a very tribal sort of pirate, which often is where like a lot of the most important innovation uh, or the the or the most interesting innovation comes from, because I think it's mm -hmm. it, it's sort of done in a more of a pure way, I think, and it's sort of less saddled. Okay, we only have time for two more questions. What? So my my one question uh, is. Um, as we're running uh, towards the end of our path here, what what uh, what's the one thing that you think the world should know about you or the work that you're doing? I mean, is there one big idea that you want to leave with us, or is that up to us to sort of figure out? Mm, no, I think I think it's 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 up to the audience to 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 you know explore and be curious about i think that that's the most mo like if we can make people curious to experience the work then that that's all all we want to do it, yeah. it's sharing curiosity and experimentation i think 
Well, and I think that's probably a, a big enough of an idea because really our reality comes down to the questions that we ask. And if we're not curious, uh, we're not going to ever have uh, better questions, I guess, to have a better reality. So I think that's a that's a very noble cause. Uh, how So how can people find you uh, at Art Basel? Where, what, um, uh, are there any specific instructions or things that uh, we need to know? Because I think this interview is going to travel uh, to a lot of people who are going to make their way there. So how do they find you? So, so that's, that's two. You can find us online. Um, where, where the, the life in our mind, the mother flock, the sort of physical bit um, is going to be at Christie's website. They're going to auction it off. Um, they're going to make it available, um, which is the sort of accumulation of all the entire collection that was sold out about a month ago and is still evolving. So there's a sort of very evolutionary real-time component and this is the bit which you can other than looking at stuff in your digital wallet this is the bit that you can actually experience we hope to find somebody who can exhibit it you know who can who can make it available and accessible and and show it to to you know as a as an actual irl installation uh, and the other bit is um so that's something we're doing with with Snark and um, and Daniel and Pace Vaso um, over at Christie's. Um, I think the the that that goes live uh, sometime in uh, on, around the, the sort of end of November, and it will be up until the seventh of December. Um, so that's on Christie's. We will be on social media with it. You know, we will point towards it. Snark will and Pace Vaso will point it out. And then we've got um, the, you can find us in real life on the beach in front of Faina with Aeris, with our living room, which is a large scale immersive um, installation and experience, which integrates the sort of um, niftification, the NFT um, sphere into the real life experience. And that your mo your movement is recorded in the space and then you can, you can choose to mint it and take a sort of token of your movement in that um, light installation uh, you can take that with you uh, and it's 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 it, we study the the behavior of a of, of an, a sort of third kind of being of an architectural space that in response to your physical presence in that and that's in on the beach in front of Faina opening on the 29th today in a week and it'll be up for about a week um, that every day from 10 to six um or 11 to eight or something something like that check check on instagram check on our social media on twitter for the uh for the for the times okay that that sounds fantastic you know i just interviewed uh one of the co-founders of burning man uh the oh, other wow. week and uh this sounds uh just as fun if not uh maybe even uh more interesting so i thank you very much uh i wish you luck and i'm sure i'll, I'll see you in the future thank you for joining thank you. us thank you so much thanks for having us cheers thank you bye 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 paul one second
automobile. And you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, 